Welcome to the Technology Equals Equality podcast. This is episode 28. Hey, welcome back to the Technology Equals Equality podcast. I'm your host, Lori Brooks, and this is episode 28. I just want to say thank you once again for all of the listeners who just keep continuing to tune in week after week. Today, I am super pleased to welcome to the show Erin Smith of the Starters Club. She is the no-excuse business coach, fellow podcaster, blogger, and mommypreneur extraordinaire. And she is here to remind us that it's super, super, super important to take that time for yourself, which is precisely what I went ahead and did this week after a bout with Crohn's and kind of slowed down on production over here, but we're back, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Thank you so much for taking the time for the show today. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me on. We would love to know a story of how it is you once saw the future before you began deciding to build out your brand at the Starters Club. And I know that the Starters Club is not your first business. So I'm I'm really curious, you know, prior to actually starting your first business going way back, what is it that you really saw the future is looking like? That's so funny you asked that because I don't know if I had a vision of the future at all in my first couple companies. My first one especially, just because I had no idea what it was going to become. Uh, We had started it. It was a pet sitting business. We had started it just for quote unquote fun to do in the summers. Uh, My ex-husband now, but husband at the time was going to school for a PhD and he just needed something to do over the summer. So that was our bit. Like we had no vision for it. I had no idea what I was doing. None. (laughs) And when our first client, when we got our first client, they were an everyday walk. And I was shocked because I was like, why do people, why would people pay me? something that they can just leash up their dogs and do themselves every day. Like, this is crazy. You know, we enjoyed our walk. So it was just a whole new world for me. And then as I grew it and got a couple years into it, that's when I really started getting excited about the possibilities and what it could be and what it could come to. You know, being able to sell that was just incredible. But as I started the next businesses, I definitely had that future in mind just because I knew the capabilities. I knew what it could become. And my second business, I had pretty big visions of, I'm not going to lie. And then I had babies unexpectedly. So that made me take a step back. And when I sold that, I, my next business was the starters club where, you know, the, the visions of this are bigger than I've ever had. I'll be honest. It scares me every day, but I think that means that's a good thing, right? Um, right. It means you're onto something, but I know, you know, it, it's really a full package of, I want to do speaking. I want to do writing. I want to inspire people to live a life that's that's not comfortable. I wish I had the book in front of me. I'm reading Ariana Huffington's book, Thrive, right now. And it just said mm-hmm. how much every day so many of us sell our souls when we get in that car and drive to work and do something we don't love. And it's it's sad because we're killing ourselves. We're We're killing ourselves over jobs we hate getting stressed out over things that really don't matter in the long run, but they seem to matter now. So that vision is to get as many people as possible out of that situation. So definitely no. And that's awesome. But what I'd really like for you to do is go back to that time when you were in corporate America prior to starting the dog walking business. Cause I know that you had stumbled across uh, guy Kawasaki's rich dad, poor dad. And that I believe is what really sparked the dog walking business for you. But before you read that book, 
while you were in corporate America looking at that, you know, annual raise that that all of, you know, corporate America looks at on a regular basis, what was your thought process then? Yeah, it's so funny. So I saw Oprah speak a, a few or last year and she talked about when she was 22, she made $22,000. And when she was her and Gail were talking and they're like, God, imagine when you're 30 and you're making $30,000. And that's, that's a lot of the mindset I had. I was working this job and I was like, wow, oh my God, if I get, and this is very, very, luckily I did not just get 3% raises, thank God. But I was just sitting there doing the calculations and at 20, I got, I was out of college at 21, got my first job at 22 and I'm sitting there and I was making $45,000, which was more money I'd ever seen in one job. And so I'm doing the calculations. I'm like, God, if they keep adding 3%, imagine what I'm going to be when I'm 30. Like, this is going to be so incredible. I'm going to be so rich. And it was just a totally different mindset. I, I loved corporate America at the beginning because I grew up on a farm. And so to be able to go home every day at five o'clock to have vacations, to have holidays off was nothing I'd ever experienced in my life. And so it was just this amazing thing and then what happened was I jumped ship to another job. They gave me more money. I was, you know, young and making 55000 which I was just rich, or so <laughs> I thought. And they started the, – the, that's when everything started to crumble. And it wasn't – we knew our office was going to go away. I didn't want to move to Portland. And it was just a matter of not if you were going to lose your job, but when. And I, right. I, it was a horrible, I, I started witnessing on, on Friday afternoons, it, you, you'd wait for the call. And if you didn't get it, your friends got it. And then you were able to buy another week of employment, right? And it was right. horrible. And that's when I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I just kind of got this chip on my shoulder of corporate America. It wasn't as awesome as I thought it was going to be because, you know, it was like, they're not looking out for me like I think they are, or this isn't, right. you know, even that six figure that I dreamed of when I hit 30 wasn't guaranteed. It just wasn't. And so I had to think of something else. And that's when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad. And my first steps, it actually took me, that's when I was 22. So I didn't start my first business till five years later. But what I did in the meantime was I learned the stock market. I learned how to invest in stocks. And then I learned real estate investing. So that's where I started as a stepping stone into entrepreneurship. But I just, I didn't think of it as entrepreneurship. It was just a way to build passive income. Right. Right, right. No, and that's excellent. And that's kind of why I wanted you to share that piece is realistically, because I think there's so many people that are in corporate America that look at the career mindset that we, a lot of us in our generation were brought up with. You go to school, you come out with your degree, you get a good job, and annually you receive these raises, you climb the corporate ladder and, you know, you know where your income is going to be X, Y, and Z for X, you know. but there's such an uncertainty to it. Um, it's almost worse than entrepreneurship because <laughs> you there's never a guarantee when it comes to corporate America. Um, they're not realistically looking out for their employees for the most part. It is a matter of you looking out for yourself um, and the fact that you began taking those steps while still working, learning about you know real estate investments and the stock market. Those are important things to begin educating yourself about the steps and the avenues and the resources that are available that you can go ahead and kind of 
begin using later on in life, whether they're going to be of use in that particular position or not. Um, so those were, you know, some of the first steps, and I think they're they're important first steps for anyone. Um, but as you proceeded and you began building out the dog walking business, what do you feel was one of the most difficult pieces of building out that business and really jumping into entrepreneurship? For me, it was honestly, I was just so taking it baby steps at a time that the business building part was not difficult. It was not killing myself because I get working is my addiction, right? I have a very addictive personality. If I'm, you know, luckily I I work instead of taking drugs. It's a good thing, but I, I, I have that personality. So it was just when I saw the money and I saw the potential and I saw what this could be, it became my addiction. And I wanted to, you know, I wanted to build when I, it just, it was like this tipping point when I realized what happened was we were just kind of having a good time feeling our way through it for the first year. And then when we were going, we were actually leaving to get married and we were trying to call several pet sitting companies for our dogs. And when no one called us back, this light bulb went off and I was like, you know what, we're in a city that's booming. If they're not getting, you know, these people are the first three people in Google right now on the search. Right. If we're not getting called back, who else isn't getting a call back? And how do I tap into those people? And it became this drive that I was going to grow. And so the hardest part for me was finding balance. And I can honestly say I never found balance in that business. Um, I lost a marriage, which I can't blame it wholly on the company because I think the marriage was doomed from the start. But it just was one of those things where I just buried myself into this business. And so to try to find that balance was pretty much impossible for me the first time. Right. Right. No, that's understandable. The balance and making sure that you're aware of how much time you're investing into the business versus how much time you're working on the business versus how much time you're spending with family, friends, and and really focusing on self can be a really, really difficult balancing act. Um, How do you feel that you overcame that? Or do you feel like you overcame that? It's still uh, still a work in progress. I'm not going to lie. Now having kids, I think it's it's such a for you know, it's so forced, not in a bad yeah. way, but you've got to stop. And, you know, you've got to sitting, you know, sometimes I'm guilty of, okay, let's just watch, you guys can watch a movie and I'm going to get a little bit of work done. And they don't want you not fully present. Do you know what I mean? It's like, totally. they want you or I would, um, if I'm looking at something, my two year old the other day just started doing this where she'd say something to me and I'd say, mm-hmm. And she'd get and she got really mad and she goes, no, mm-hmm, mommy, no, mm-hmm, because she knew I wasn't engaged. Like it just and so they make you really take that step. So I followed the philosophy that when I'm working, you know, work time is work. No jerking around, no messing around. You know, it is work time. I'm devoting myself to work and kid time is kid time. I'm not trying to do both. Um, as little as possible, trying to do both. And so it's really just being fully engaged you know, taking family days, taking vacations. I used to not enjoy vacations because it was just, it was so much work to get on vacation that sometimes it just wasn't worth it. So, you know, I've really started to take those moments now more where I realize that I'm going to burn out again. You know, I burned out in my first company. I don't want to do that. I don't want to miss out. This is why I've built this business that I have so I can be with my kids, so I can be home with them, so I can have help, you know, helping me so I don't have to do it all. And 
just to really continually work that balance because the last thing I want of anything is to blink and my kids are going to college and I've got a successful business, but nothing else. You know what I mean? Right. Definitely. Memories are important and they won't create themselves. And uh, so making sure that you take the time to make those is, is really important. And I think it's awesome that, you know, kids have made that shift for you because sometimes that's what it takes. It takes a real life change to make you recognize that, you know what, these moments are a lot more important than I may have given them credit for previously. Um and I like that, you know, you were mentioning that you were attempting to go ahead and get married, uh, you know, in that first year and you were looking for dog walkers. And, and that's what really motivated you when you were making those calls um, and you realized you had not received calls back from the top three people on Google, top two or three people that you were mentioning on Google. You began the market research realistically at that point. Um and the importance of the fact that these people are high ranking on Google, they're clearly doing well, they, they've taken up, you know, a good portion of that first page, and yet they're so overwhelmed, they're not able to uh, reply back to, you know, a happy customer or, or someone who would be a happy customer. Um, do you feel that there are specific moments in time much like that um, where you would say these are important metrics for a newbie to pay attention to. It was what sparked this business. It was market research in general. Um, but what you did was you kind of did market research in reverse. You looked at a need that was there for yourself um, that was not being fulfilled by those who are ranking very high. Um, so I, I'd like for you to just kind of bring us back to that, if you don't mind. Yeah, and I'll answer that, and hopefully I, I, I'm getting the right answer. So, yeah, so we did it reversed. I, I Like I said, I jumped into this like, oh, this is going to be fun. Let's make, you know, literally we, whatever we made went right into investments. We didn't spend this right. money or anything. So, and I believe that is a, you know, that's the start. Like if you see a need and I can do this better than someone else or, you know, somebody, I, I need to charge more and add a more premium service. That's what we did with ours. We didn't try to compete with people. We just um, took it to another level. But right. what I encourage people to do is I just actually did a Periscope about this yesterday was I, I was working with a client and they had this idea and they said, I, I'm going to go with it. I gave them some direction and then they came back a few months later and I said, so what's going on? Where are you with this? And they're like, oh, no, I'm, I'm not doing it because somebody else is doing it for free. And I'm like, mm, that doesn't mean anything. That does. No, 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 no. Let's re-angle this. Let's go back in. And so I do a lot of research in Google keywords to see what people are actually looking for, to see who my competitors are, to see what they're offering, um, to see what they're who their target market is because for her, this was a tutoring type thing. Most of these people, their target market were teachers, not students. Well, that's, it's a different ball game. So just really trying to re angle when you're doing your market research and figuring out, I don't care if somebody else is doing this. How can I do this better? Um, you're in, and really figuring out your unique selling proposition and it should never be going in to be the cheaper person <laughs> ever, <laughs> ever. Please don't ever do that but really trying to figure out how you can fulfill that need, how your product or service fits within that need, and then how you can angle it so 
doesn't matter if you have competition, how can you do it better? That's what I was looking for was really, how did you take that moment and kind of turn it into the research that you needed in order to propel yourself forward? So awesome. Thank you, Erin. No <laughs> um, do you feel like there is a limit uh, to the amount of research that is being done, either a minimum or a maximum? I find myself always uh, getting stuck trying to overanalyze what it is I'm about to produce or publish and so forth. Um, so do you feel that there's, you know, a, a limit, like I said, either minimum or maximum, to the amount of research being done? Well, from a minimum perspective, I think as you're, as you're willing to do course correction, you know, you can jump into something and go with it. So, you know, you can start there, but I would definitely, the more research you can do, from a minimum of at least who you're serving and really fulfilling that message, that's important. So don't just say, well, I'm going to start a business and do this and go do it. You really need to understand how you're solving a problem because that's going to determine everything and who exactly you're solving it for. Now, on a maximum, yes, you cannot get involved with analysis paralysis is what I call it because you're never, ever, ever, and I mean that and I, if I ever – going to know everything you need to know to start a business. You will, it, you know, it's like, par I, I look at starting a business like parenting. I joke with people, there is, and most first time parents would agree, there is no way that hospital or birthing center or whoever should allow you to take that baby home <laughs> by yourself. Because <laughs> we don't know what we're doing, but we figure it out. And we call experts if we need them. We, you know, do things as we go. We figure it out. And it never stops us that not knowing everything never stops us from becoming a parent, but it completely paralyzes us in starting a business. Yeah. And so you can't just sit there. Oh, my gosh. Well, what if I do this? What if, you're going to lose some money. You're going to spend money in places that may not generate some. Learn from it. Move on. You're going to make mistakes. You're, if you hire employees, you're going to at some point hire the wrong person. Learn from it, move forward, but don't let that fear of the unknown and say, well, I got to just, you know, real estate investing is the same way. It's, um, and, and two of the ways I, I tell people advertise mostly is, is Google AdWords and Facebook ads. And it's really, as uh, an author I follow, Perry Marshall calls it, it's the school of hard knocks. You got to start and, and real estate investing. You can sit there and read until you're blue in the face, but you're never going to learn what you need to until you actually do it. And, you're going to make mistakes and you have to be okay with that, but just have to be willing to course correct. Definitely. I love that. Um, it's, it really is important to be open-minded and able to shift or pivot in whichever means necessary in order to continue moving forward. Because when you fall in love with an idea and you just want to roll with the idea without actually looking at the, uh, needs that are present in the market that you're attempting to serve, um, your business isn't able to thrive simply because there's no honest need for the product that you in particular are serving. So it's important to listen to the customers, understand what the need realistically is, and then figure out the best way that you can go about serving that need and just kind of figure it out as you go. Um, because, you know, sitting around, like you said, Aaron, to Figure it all out will never happen, will never happen. And I think that is the the best analogy there, that starting a business is very much like parenting. You're never going to know it all in the beginning. You're just not. So how do you feel 
that technology has assisted you um, through through the years with the different businesses, you know, starting off with the um, dog walking business and now with the Starters Club? Oh, wow. Well, so much technology has played, you know, when we first started, we did everything by hand and just really started moving into systems, scheduling systems, CRM systems, tracking everybody, uh, payroll systems, everything has been so crucial in technology. I never would have built my business, I don't think, without, a, I had a BlackBerry when I first started, without that BlackBerry, because I set it up where I knew how to advertise during the holidays. So Google AdWords is how I built my business, my first yeah. couple. And I knew that if I upped the advertising, up my budget during the holidays and hired full-time employee, hired a new person to fulfill that, I would have a slew of last minute callers saying, I need to get in. I need to get in. You know, nobody can get me in. Can you, can you guys help? And that's how right. I kept building it. But I, that phone, my God, if I never would have had that phone, it never would have worked. So that was, you know, that was the start, but all, like I said, CRM systems, um, everything behind the scenes of, of helping track customers and scheduling and payroll was just so crucial. And then, you know, through the, the starters club, it's, it's evolved to a point where there's so many systems I use just in, um, you know, again, CRM is huge. I use Infusionsoft, but just the systems of utilizing social media, like it's not just about jumping on Twitter. It's the technology behind the scenes to make that happen. It's, right. you know, I just, there's so much to scheduling and tracking and making it all look flawless, which I don't think I still can make it look flawless, but I'm trying to do as best I can. But you've got to put the, use the technology to put the systems in place so you can walk away and your business doesn't look like you've walked away. I think that's really, really important that you attempt to do so you can take a vacation and not stress out while you're on vacation and still make money while you're on vacation. And the only way to do that is through, you know, technology into systems. Definitely. I love that. The ability to automate your business um, is something that has never been there before, you know, without having someone else physically running it. Um, so the ability to automate at this point is, is really amazing in, in the manner that, uh, you know, CRM systems have evolved and so forth. Um, what do you feel like a prospective entrepreneur, someone who's never started a business and is just kind of hemming and hawing over whether or not corporate America really is the place for them. What do you feel like they should take into consideration prior to taking the leap? So I actually, I'm going to be writing a, a second book about this because I don't necessarily believe that you have to become, I know I'm like totally per, going against what my business is, but you have to be an entrepreneur in order to fulfill your life's purpose, I think what you have to really understand is your passion and what your purpose is of life. And you have to figure out, can, can I fit that in a corporate setting? Am I allowed to, is it jumping ship to another job or is it really starting my own business? But you, we've become numb as a society. And I think that's the blossoming point of entrepreneurship. It, it allows us to dream again. It allows us to, think of something bigger than getting through the day. It allows us to align with something that we were put on here on earth to do. And it may not be everybody's entrepreneur journey, but that's where I believe entrepreneurship should start is just that understanding of, you know, what you can do. My first business was based because if you know anything about me, uh, 
you know I have an immense love for animals. That's my, my that's my game. That's my thing. I am. Um, I never wanted. I was cool with not having kids because I did dog rescue and I had a plethora of dogs in my house. And that's and my business was built on. I wanted to serve those people who felt like I did, and right. who I wanted them to go away and never have to worry. I, I just I like it's taken care of. Your dogs are going to be loved just like you love them. You can go on vacation and have a good time. And this is what we're about. I'm only going to hire people who, who align with my values. I'm there will, you know, I won't take on clients who don't align with my values. This is what we're about. And so that was my passion. And still to this day, you know, to know me is to know my house full of dogs. So you've got to align with something bigger than yourself. And in your first step, because when I talk to so many people, their question is, but I don't know what that is. And it makes me sad because we have, we become numb. And so it's really just taking those first steps to figure that out. Think about, you know, if you had just one hour every week where time didn't matter, you didn't have to run your kids anywhere. You didn't have to do a work obligation or anything. What would you love to do? And you know what? You may not, it may not mean it's a job. Like I always share the story. I thought for a long time, I love to bake. And I thought I wanted to, I had this really cool concept for a very different type of bakery. I started putting everything together and I said, you know, what? I'm going to start to take courses to really learn this, to see if this is a, a angle I want to go down. And I did. And you know what? I didn't enjoy it. I didn't want to make a career out of it. So think of those things to say, what would I love to do? And just take, take an hour a week to cultivate that. It may lead into something, it may not. But then as you start to cultivate that, Ideas are going to pop up. Things are going to come about. I have a good friend. She was joking because there was a course, I think on Udemy or something, that was like how to come up with a business idea. And she was like, can somebody give a course about how to stop coming up with business ideas? Because when you start moving in that direction, I'm approached all the time about, hey, Aaron, I got this idea. Would you want to partner with me on it? Or, you know, or just ideas in my head of, of stuff. It starts to roll but you have to start that process. You have to start seeking it. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, proponent of meditation. It's, you know, it, it'll help kind of give you ideas and align you with where you need to be. But you're just, when, when they're in an, a corporate job, so many people are just, they, they don't think they have it in them or they're like, why would I, why, you know, I make good money right now. I make, I got a good, you know, I got my schedules good. The good word is always thrown out. Good, life isn't meant to be good. Okay, life is meant to be amazing and great. And, you know, I, I wake up, my heart is full. I, I love doing what I do. And that's how we all should be. But most people aren't, unfortunately. That's a really long answer. I'm sorry. No, Erin, that was awesome, and that's perfect. I think that is – it's so amazing to me. Each new guest that I have really surprises me with their answers at this point because this answer is so unlike anything most are, are telling entrepreneurs or prospective entrepreneurs to make sure they have the right budget or to make sure they look at the financial aspects. And, you know, there's a lot of business-oriented information, but I love – what you just said. Take the time to figure out what your passion really is, guys. Don't just run with the first idea. Really take some time to explore the ideas that you may come up with 
to see if it really is something that you're passionate about. Because Aaron, you're right. In this day and age, it is hard to find your passion. And I, I think that many of us are so bogged down with the, the ins and outs of everything that we do. Um, you don't understand what your passion is in the first place and coming up with a business idea if you have no idea what you're passionate about probably not going to work out too well so thank you um, do you have a specific tip or a trick or a favorite application that you use yourself to keep yourself organized on a day-to-day -day that you could share with the audience yeah for organization I could not live without Asana, ASANA.com. It's free up to 12 mm -hmm. users and it keeps, what I love about it is it really makes you A, stay organized and B, really think about the subtasks within a task. So here's a perfect example to schedule a webinar. You know, okay, I want to do a webinar next week. Well, <laughs> if you've ever done yeah. a webinar, there's like 50 steps that you have to take, you know, create the list, create the advertising, create the marketing, create, you know, all these different steps that you have to do. And what I love about Asana is it makes me lay out all those different things. So I can be realistic about timelines. I can be realistic about what needs to get done. I can assign them to assistants. You can do everything right in there. So you don't have to do an email chain. It just can say, okay, you need to take this task when it's complete. Let me know. And uh, it's really easy just to start getting all your projects completed. Awesome. We will be sure to link to that through the show notes page. I don't believe I have run into Asana just yet, so I myself would be checking that out. That sounds outstanding because I think that's one of the, the bigger issues when it comes to uh, producing things on a regular basis is making sure that you track all of the subtasks. Mm -hmm. You know, you may have most of them, but, you know, there's one or two that may slip your mind, especially when you have multiple tasks with subtasks. So definitely that's a great one, Erin. Um, what do you feel is one of the biggest mistakes first-time entrepreneurs tend to make? It's, I, I always joke about this. It's trying to fit your product and service to everyone. And I always tell people, if you really have to sit and figure out your target market, because if there's, if there's a body in your name of who you serve and anybody, everybody, or somebody with, you're too broad. And so many people are scared to be specific because they may eliminate someone. But you can always expand. But if you start small, I'll tell you, as somebody who's been networking for 10 years or somebody who's, when you market, people are like, you get me. You're the person I need to talk to because you, you are the specialist in this or you know what you're doing. And it's just so much easier to start small and expand than it is to try to appeal to the masses. So keep niching, you know, keep going down. If your target market, like I said, has a body in the frame of it, you're too broad and figure out how to get that down and be really specific about who you serve because it's going to drive down your marketing costs. It's going to drive down, you know, the time of spending trying to get customers. It's going to just make business building so much easier excellent body in the framework it's not going to work out you got a niche down from there that is an awesome way to lay that out Aaron thank you uh, the show is really designed to help entrepreneurs come up with new ideas for innovative companies in an industry that they may not have thought of so I would absolutely love to help you as a business consultant and podcaster, blogger, and mommypreneur. We would love to know if you had a magic wand and could change anything at all in your business, day-to-day -day operation-wise, 
what would it be and why? Oh, it would be being able, it would be to bring mini me's on, like clone me. <laughs> if I could major like, not that I'd want multiple errands running around because I see my daughter as me and it's scaring me, but just to be able to, because that's the hardest piece of hiring. And I do really good, you know, I'm really good about like video documenting via Camtasia or ScreenFlow, my processes and getting those in place. But yeah. Sometimes it's harder to take those steps back to bring people on board to get it going. And then you get caught up in that. I'll just do it myself mentality, which is horrible. You've got to get out of that. So for me, it would be to, like I said, I wish, and sometimes it's hard for me to hire employees because, you know, my, my fiance is always like, Aaron, if they were like you, they'd be running their own business. They wouldn't be working for people. I'm like, ah, you're right. Shoot. So you know, it's just that understanding of how to really how to hire the right people, work with them to get them thriving, but also to not have to take that time. And my goal is to bring somebody in to train them on the business. So when we do have to hire more contractors, uh, she can run with that or he versus me having to do it all because it's it can be a, a hard thing. Just be like, oh, I got to take a, a week off to help them get up to speed or should I just take this week and do it myself? You know, it's you, you got to get out of that juggle. No, definitely. I agree 100%. I, I think that the cloning chamber is something that I really need to start production on in the very <laughs> near future. You're not the first guest. We all need clones here. <laughs> yeah, I'm the first customer on that one, let me tell you. Alrighty, I'm on it. <laughs> that and a, uh, you know, time travel chamber. Those two are going to bring in, you know, big numbers over here. So that's, I think, the next step for technology equality, but we'll get to that another day. So Aaron, please share the best way for our listeners to find you. Yeah, absolutely. So I make it really easy. You can go to thestartersclub.com. That's my website. And everything is the, it's got to have the, the Starters Club. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Periscope now. That's my favorite place in the world to hang out is Periscope. Um, Meerkat, all of the places. So just look at for at the starters club and you'll pretty much find me anywhere. Aaron, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us this morning. We truly appreciate your time and sharing your expertise with us. Well, thank you, Lori. I very much appreciate it. Aaron, thank you again for joining us this week. I truly appreciate your time and sharing your expertise with both myself and the audience. I will be delving into Asana.com very shortly to figure out how else I can go ahead and automate this show. Don't forget to reach out to Aaron at thestartersclub.com or you can always reach her on our favorite platform, Periscope. We will always have access to Aaron through our show notes page at technologyequality.com forward slash Aaron Smith. So thank you again for joining me, everyone, and then until our next episode when we continue to hear the journey find the pain and create solutions enjoy the week